Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, and welcome. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Father John and my good friend Joe Doman here Hi. with you. Welcome back. Let's lug down a little of that coffee. It's going to be great. Joe gave me a list of six potential topics prior to... <laughs> One of which everybody wants, and you're going to get it in the next couple of weeks. We promise. I is yeah, one on homosexuality. I really want to do that. That will that will come. We promise mm-hmm. because people keep asking us. Timothy, I forgot his last name. We just got an email like two seconds. Your ago. requests are not falling on deaf ears. Well, a lot of them are, but Excellent. this one's that's not going to. So, yeah, that's true. We need to do one on that. I uh, was telling John I met a guy in Mexico, Kike. He probably, I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, maybe he does now, but I don't know. Kike, um, great guy, but he's a gay guy in Mexico who had been away from the church for nine years because when he was 14 years old, uh, a priest told him, uh, or he, you know, he came out and his family like brought him to the priest and the priest was like, you have to change, you know, you're basically like you're evil if you're, if you're gay. And so we just kind of like told him the truth about it. Like, no, you're not evil just for having these feelings. Uh, and just basically talked about like God's, like the difference between shame and guilt and this, the, the truth and like. Just basically, like giving a hope to be to live a celibate life. If that's you know you can you have a place in the church though. You know it's Absolutely. not like you can't be Catholic if you have this experience or these Absolutely. these attractions or whatever. Um, but it was great, and he was awesome. So we've been talking about. Uh, it just made me want to do one more. Uh, it was beautiful to see the, his openness to the to, to the Lord and somebody who's praying and openness to God and to prayer, um, but struggling with this and then and had been told lies uh, for so long about um, the faith and. Same-sex attraction. So it was um, really awesome to talk to him, to see his, like, the consolation of his conversion and going back. We went, we all went to confession together. We brought him. Uh, but it was awesome. That it was is awesome. Cool. So, Good work, Joseph. So that's coming. That's uh, that a podcast teaser. Is coming. That's a teaser. We'll talk about it more when we do this podcast on uh, homosexuality, same-sex Hopefully attraction. Hopefully in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but last week, Johnny talked about his life, which is always falling apart. He's talking about me. Yeah, yeah. Father Johnny. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, talked about his life, which is always falling apart, and how he has no patience. Yes. Um, especially when it comes to the mission. Yes. And uh, we mentioned that. Well, I didn't say no patience. I just said <laughs> minuscule amount. Of yeah, very right. little patience. So, fa- Father, um, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, who, by the way, I am just loving. I just am a huge fan of Pope Francis. I honestly. Wait a second. That was your segue between I have no patience and. You love the Pope? Yes. Um, okay. I, I wasn't sure if there was something. Because, uh, yeah, this is this is the thing it has to do with I thought it. you were going to say, Father John was horrible at patience, but, <laughs> but the, I'm bad at And then instead you said, but I love the Pope, <laughs> Francis especially. Exactly. Okay, so, go ahead. Pope Francis, I was reading one of his homilies. He gave a homily on Sunday at St. Peter's to a group of seminarians and novices and people discerning their vocations. Um, and he talks about the mission and pastoral fruitfulness. And what that means. And uh, then the need for patience. I mean, that's implicit in it. We mentioned this in our last podcast. Uh, um, how do you? How are you patient when you're in the mission and you see the need for evangelization, you see the need for the harvest, and you see all the work that has to be done, and how do you remain patient? Um, so anyway, I was reading this homily um, a couple of days ago, and I was just so moved by it. Like, I, I don't know. This morning, I, I have, like, nothing to do in the summer, so I spent, like, four hours reading Pope Francis stuff. And a lot just, worse things you could be doing. That is true. Um, but he's just, I just love him, man. He just, he speaks like right to the heart, at least right to my heart. Um, but anyway, um, probably just to your heart. Yeah. Just to mine. He's my Pope. Uh, but, um, the reason I thought this was so important besides our, our own struggles of patience and everything 
is also because um, one of the things he mentions about having a true understanding of what true fruitfulness looks like, um, he says this. Let me just go into it. He says Saint, He's talking about St. Paul, and he says, St. Paul says this in writing to the Galatians. He says, Far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. To glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this cross of Christ is the reference point, one of the main reference points of mission. Um, and he says, uh, St. Paul speaks of the marks of Jesus, the wounds of the crucified Lord, as a countersign, as the distinctive mark of his life as an apostle of the gospel. And he experiences suffering, he experiences weakness and defeat, but he also experiences joy and consolation. So this is the center, he says, of the Paschal mystery, or um, the center of our faith, the Paschal mystery of Jesus, the mystery of his death and resurrection. So it's precisely when Paul lets himself be conformed to the death of Christ, experiencing the marks of Jesus' crucifixion, uh, when he is conformed to the death and the cross of Christ, St. Paul becomes a sharer in his resurrection, in his victory. So the Paschal mystery this, the death and resurrection of Christ is the heart of the church, is at the heart of the church's mission. And if we remain within this mystery, our lives are conformed to the cross, you know, we are sheltered both from a worldly and triumphalistic view of mission, and we're sheltered from the discouragement that can result from trials and failures. This is what I want to talk about. Because, okay, so if we remain in this mystery of Christ's cross and his death and resurrection, um, and, we experience, and we see this remaining in this mystery as the heart of our mission, the church's mission, we are protected both from a triumphalistic view of mission, like we need to conquer the world. Like the goal of the, the, the Catholic Church is to kind of be winning all the political battles and to be kind of taking over everything and conforming everyone to uh, like a Christendom worldview or something like right. that. Um, and uh, so it keeps us from having a false understanding of what our mission is. And it also keeps us from discouragement when we experience failures and weaknesses. Because at the heart of the church's mission is being conformed to Christ on the cross. Right. And so what that means is experiencing failure, is experiencing weakness and defeat. And this experience and this con- this conformation uh, to the cross of Christ is is a joy of consolation itself because it's union with Christ. And that's like at the heart of the mission. So I guess why I think it's important is because, I don't know, I was talking to Dr. Terry Wright before, uh, before we did of this podcast. Of course you were. And, Terry uh, Wright, Terry, always with mischief. Yeah, Terry, Father, <laughs> Father Terry, Doctor Terry, uh, one of our one of our philosophy professors at the seminary and a good friend, aka ghostwriter to most of these podcasts. <laughs> That's right. Um, but he mentioned uh, Archbishop Aquila had a great article in the DCR about kind of the the losses uh, and the defeats, uh, apparent defeats we the church has experienced in on the political landscape of the country in America, just with. Uh, I mean, going all the way back to HHS stuff and abortion issues, contraceptive stuff, um, um, gay marriage, all these things. Um, how do you how do you not be discouraged as as a Catholic? And um, what I mean, I was telling him, I I feel like I care less and less. Uh, not care less and less. I don't want to say it's the wrong way about political things, um, but that politics is a symptom of the deeper battle, the deeper issues, which is, it's really a symptom of the culture, you know? Um, and, and even so, if we have a triumphalistic view of our mission as the church, uh, if we have a f- false view of mission, um, it can be really discouraging when we see things like this happen. Um, but if we have a true understanding of mission, which is being conformed to the cross of Christ, it changes everything. So I guess the question, John, for you is what does pastoral fruitfulness right. look like? What is that? If it's not, 
if it's not, you know, just totally rocking it when it comes to people's conversion and evangelization and, and uh, you know, election season, all these things. It's interesting. These two, uh, last week's podcast and this one, um, kind of tie, they keep kind of tying back and forth to each other. The cross is the source of all Christian fruitfulness. Hmm. Suffering is the only way to fruitfulness in the Christian life. But that's radically different. In fact, it's completely counter to uh, worldly success. That's why it's so great when he says a worldly understanding of mission, right? Mm. And this is what's hard is I have to write a, I have to write a letter to the board members of the companions here, our fraternity of priests. Right. And uh, I've been dreading it because whenever you get a newsletter or a, or a letter from an association, as an American, you want to see what? I want to see numbers. Results. Results. What, Give it to me. We are kicking butt. We are now 5,000 priests in the last four years, right? right. And uh, we have bishops all over the world. And Wait a second. No. We actually are doing horrible. We are being dismantled, and we're failing. But people don't like to see that. They don't want to be like, oh, that's a, that's a group I want to support right there. They're just failing. Right? It's like Philadelphia sports teams. It's oh, just that. ow. <laughs> gosh. Woo! Sorry. That was, un- that was inappropriate. Um, I just offended all of our listener base, which is your family. <laughs> the... Uh, that's when you, you say to yourself, like, wait a second, this is this is not working. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of ways that the church is being humiliated um, in the world, and these political issues are definitely one of them. And I think it's good. Mm. I think it's good, and I think it needs to keep coming. And I think it is going to keep coming. This is just the beginning for gay marriage. We're going to lose our ta- tax exempt status here soon. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks here. But I, I really think. We're moving towards more and more humiliation, but that's leading us towards more poverty and more humility. And, and that's more abandonment to God's providence right. and dependent upon him. And I would say any group within the church that is thriving in the eyes of the world, they might be fruitful, but they better be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, yeah. fortunately, I don't have to worry about that because <laughs> everything I'm doing is falling apart. Yeah, right. But in those moments when things are thriving, mm-hmm. we have to live radically examined lives. And uh, I think that's that's what the Pope is calling us to as priests. We have to stay close to the cross because that's where that's where the whole that's what this is all about. That's what the whole mystery of redemption, the whole point of the world, and the point of the church uh, is to bring humanity back into relationship with God. And that where that happens is on the cross with Christ. Christ well, doing it. and the reality that it already has happened. It right? ha- exactly, Christ has reconciled the world to Himself. So, or sorry, to the Father in Himself, and so. It's been done. It's been accomplished. It's being. It's playing out, and but we have to start with that point. It's not my job to make sure that this that Aurora is reconciled to the God the Father. But I act like that most days. Mm-hmm. It's really, really difficult. And the only way you can be truly fruitful is by being conformed to the logic of the cross of Christ. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what that's Benedict or Benedict. I keep saying Francis is saying. He says this right after he says this. Is what I love. He says pastoral fruitfulness. How do you measure it? The fruitfulness of the gospel proclamation is measured neither by success nor by failure, according to the criteria of human evaluation. Pastoral fruitfulness is measured by becoming conformed to the logic of the cross of Jesus, right. which is the logic of stepping outside oneself and spending oneself, the logic of love. It is the cross, always the cross that is present with Christ, because at times we're offered the cross without Christ, and that has no purpose, but it is the cross and always the cross with Christ. Um, you know who your loves both of are. Yeah. And he loves Giussani, and you can hear both of them in, in these things that he's talking about. I hear, I hear Mother Teresa. I, just, I think of her line, well, yeah, yeah. God does not call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. Faithful, yeah. You know? And that's uh, and she was really successful in the eyes of the world. So it's not to say that it's not, that it doesn't happen. You know right. I mean? Or like success is a sign of like 
apostasy or something like that. But, but that's that, why it gets so messed up in our culture because we live in this kind of crazy Protestant, um, you know, it's Calvinist work works righteousness culture where it's like the sign of election and righteousness is worldly success, mm-hmm. healthy, wealthy, and and successful. That's the sign of true faith, and that's crazy, and that's just it's not of God. And we've talked about that a million times before, but. We're tempted to that. You know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. tempted to that. i got to make my life worth meaning. And that's why I think one of the most important books for priests to read is The Diary of a Country Priest by uh, Bernanos. Right. Which is uh, just a kind of a classic story of a Vianney-type guy whose total life is just a failure. Mm. But he's so intimate with the Lord in the end. is amazing. I won't blow it. But um, we, uh, I, it's books like that that we have to kind of keep going back to. Yeah. Because the age that we're living in, we're living now in a temptation to return to the kind of triumphalistic church, and it is not going to happen. Like, and oh yeah, everything's slipping away, and so we need to, we need to grasp, we need to have power again. You know, we yeah. need to be con- controlling things again. No, we need to be um, po- poor and humble, mm-hmm. and that's what's. We're, it's be, it's happening. It's happening. Um, right, and uh, it happens. It's happening. The church is happening to us personally, and um, and it's really painful. But it it's is, really it beautiful. Sucks. This, but it's really, pain, <laughs> but it's also really beautiful at the same time. It is as long as you're with Christ on the cross, like He says, you know, not the cross without Christ. Um, but yeah, it is. Like I feel like my spiritual life always just comes back to this in the end. It always just comes back to, like we said last week, to patience uh, and to accepting the cross and that, like, realizing that there is a difference between being a saint and becoming a saint. Right. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, myself, you. Our friends, we want to be saints, right? But like, none of us really want to become saints right. because that means like that means suffering, like really. Yeah. Uh, and so God's trying to make us saints all the time by trying to conform us to His cross. And at least for myself, I'm like bitching, screaming all the time about it. In interior, at least. Yes, He is. Let me uh, tell you what. No, I. <laughs> it's uh, true though. But I, yeah, I mean, you think about like the, like um, what's her face, Saint Therese, who, in the eyes of the world, like during her lifetime, had no success about anything except for a few prayers that were answered right. conversions or Charles de Foucault, uh, who died with no converts and his whole life mission was to convert Muslims to the, the truth of the Catholic faith. Um, but he, after his life, there were, there were great fruits right. or even somebody we talked about years or uh, a couple years ago, or maybe last year, a Maximus the confessor yep. who, who was martyred and the church was completely falling apart and everything that he was trying to stand up for, which was the true teaching uh, seemed like it was going to be completely wiped away when he right. died. When he died with the church in shambles, it seemed seemingly. That's and great. thirty years later, he was the father of the whatever Nicaea too. His right. writings were. Right. Um, but you see how, unless a grain falls to the ground and dies, it doesn't bear fruit. I um, um so. I uh, just actually there's a book of aphorisms by Balthazar called The Grain of Wheat. Just when you mentioned that, everybody oh. needs to own that. If you're listening to this, buy that book. It's really small, but it's unbelievable. But um, when I was in Switzerland, I yeah. gave a homily on this, and what I talked about to the uh, to the college kids was I said, um, I said the worst year of my life was second philosophy, <laughs> and that was and for a number of reasons it was it was hell it was horrible. But okay, so that was my fifth year in seminary. Uh, I still had four to go. That the I had lost the end was not in sight, and I had lost the beginning. I was just kind of lost, very very confused. Um, but from that year was that was the most fruitful year of my life in the sense that this out of second philosophy came my friendship with you. That's right. Goebel, my spiritual direction with Father Gronsky, who's hands down the most important um, director in my who I've ever had, spiritual father. The Companions of Christ were founded that year, and I discovered this guy named Hans Erzwin Balthazar, who is my theological father and my life project. 
all of that came out of one horrific year <laughs> that was awful. But it's amazing, like the fruitfulness that comes from that. And so a lot of it is just about endurance. Mm-hmm. And like we said last week, patience. And trusting that in time it happens. And I think people who are older than us, I think they see this better. Probably a lot of people are listening. They they kind of get this. You, you live long enough, you start, you see everything. And you see how things really work out in the end. And how fruitfulness actually does work in a very different way. And it's just trusting that God is the one who is, bears fruit, not us. Hmm. And that we're just his instruments. Yeah. It, it really, it's tied in with redemptive suffering, too. Which is beat, which would also be a great podcast. But I'm reminded of a yeah. We could do another really depressing podcast yeah, next right? week. Let's do it. Gosh, all my conversations lately are all about this kind of stuff, it, which is kind of depressing, but also awesome. Yeah, it's great though. Um, We're so happy to be I, suffering and to be impatient. And, I was with Chris Lebsack. Um, he came down, Chris Lebsack, who just had Chris hip Lebsack. surgery. By the way, we talked about him like he's a Greek god. God hero. He's a Greek god with a new hip. That's a uh, you know, what do you call it? Bionic. That's because he wrestled with God. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, Chris was down in um, in Denver. He's a he's a good friend of ours. He entered seminary with me. He's studying at the North American College in Rome for the Diocese of Helena, Montana. And anyway, he's home for the summer. He came down to Denver. We were hanging out, and we were talking to a couple, and they were they were asking him about his diocese, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, we have a lot of vocations right now in Helena." And they're like, "Oh wow, what are you guys doing right in Helena? Where you're just like exploding, you know?" And I'm thinking, oh, you know, they have a sweet summer camp. You know, they have a good bishop right now. There's there's great campus ministry or whatever. The first thing Chris says, the people of Helena have suffered for many years. <laughs> and I think this is the result of their prayers in the midst of their suffering, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and you're starting to see the fruits of their of, of um, the fruits of their suffering in their prayers, which I was like, man, that's it's, it's but it's true. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. And it led into a conversation of redemptive suffering and stuff like that. But well, yeah. but pastoral fruitfulness, it's it's about becoming conformed to the cross of Christ, and that's and then you see fruits. And true change is slow change, John. You keep I don't want mind. to hear that anymore. It's true. And and just echoing one last thing there, Father Brian Larkin's grandmother died. Grandma Jane, Grandma holy Jane. holy woman. Yep. And uh, but he always attributes his faith and his vocation to the long suffering of this woman for decades who prayed. Uh, for a priest in the family and these different things and suffered for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he preached redemptive suffering at her homily or her funeral homily and it was like out of this world. It was beautiful. If Larkin actually listened to this podcast, he would know that we are now saying how awesome it was and how <laughs> awesome he is. That's Instead right. Of just mocking him and Goebbels, Mrs. Doubtfire voice. But um, <laughs> it's true. Long suffering. It is patience, true. So have, have hope. Have hope when you're, when you're experiencing suffering and you're experiencing the the cross or whatever it is, if you're with Christ, like there can be real fruits there. If you, if we bring that, if we turn that over to the Lord, uh, I have hope. Yeah. But maker's mark with a friend is also helpful. That's right. That's right, John. That's true. It is true. I think that's it. All right. Do you have an email? No, I couldn't find one. Sorry. Oh, man. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. Email us. We're going to get organized next week. Yeah, that's right.